and the time's 2.10. 2.10, yes, nearly 2.11. And that means I'm going to go over to my phone line and Chris McCallaghan. And good afternoon to you, Chris. Good afternoon, Sadia. How are you today? I'm very well. Although it's kind of grey out, it's raining, but it's quite nice. It's all right. It's okay. It's all part of it, isn't it? (laughs) I was quite surprised. I did finally get around to packing away my winter woolies in the last week. I know. And then today I was like, what? I didn't even leave myself a cardigan. (laughs) I did the same, Cruz. I did the same. And so, you know, I'm thinking I'm always in too much of a hurry to clear things up. You see, that's a problem. Yes. Well, hey, could be worse. There are worse problems to have. Yes. Absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about apples. Mm. So, what inspired you today then? Um, well, actually, I recently got gifted this absolutely beautiful apple. It was green mm-hmm. and it was enormous. Mm-hmm. It was like the head of a baby. It was huge. <laughs> and um, I've been doing this thing. I, I, I have a real. I love apples, but I get very fussy when they get to that kind of potatoy stage when then they don't have that real crisp crunch. Mm, mm. But I also feel like sometimes with like beautiful bits of fruit I have, I want to save it for a moment to savor like to savor it. You know, so I'm like, oh no, I'll just wait. I'm not gonna eat that one today. I'll eat one of the pedestrian apples now and I'll eat my <laughs> glorious apple tomorrow. But of course I was like today I was like, no, no, come on, live in the moment, eat the beautiful apple now. So I was cutting it up and eating it and I was like, this is absolutely amazing. What a delicious piece of fruit. I am the luckiest person in the world to be able to sample this delicious item. Um, And I started thinking about apples and and how they make you feel. And and just throughout, like, you know, I never used to be a big apple eater when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why. I think I had too many potatoy apples. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the soft squidgy ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? They just just don't have that real crunchy bite to them. But um, I would say in the last year, I've really come into my own as an apple eater. <laughs> and um and yeah I just think that they're, they're just this but they're such a symbolic thing in apple um and they just have this loveliness to them and I just wanted to look into it a little bit more and it's been a delight I've really enjoyed researching this so if we go back a bit um we can see that actually apples have been around for a very long time ago um they think that apples originated in the middle east more than 4000 years ago wow. um and they've been grown in the uk as a cultivated crop since the roman occupation um so especially cultivated apple varieties spread across europe to france and then arrived in england around the time of the norman conquest in 1066 and these were kind of like um really early apples and then of course the demise of rural areas and apple growing started in the 13th century where we had things like the black death and um the war of roses and all these different droughts um and of course this was a problem this affected how people were growing apples but this was reversed by henry the eighth who instructed his fruiteria his fruiterer Mm -hmm. he had a fruit man um (laughs) to establish the first large-scale orchards in kent um, so they would scour the world, um, you know, the known world anyway for them in that time, um, for what they thought were the best fruits, and they would they would make these huge or- um, orchards. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, as much as I love an apple, I don't think I've ever been to an apple orchard. Oh, I like, have. I- I have am. you? Yes. And is it's it lovely. It is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the taste of the apples as you just pull them off the tree, they're so sort of crispy and delicious. I, I was used to live in Canada and I remember going to a big orchard every so often. It's called Sterling's and, and we used to love it. And the apples are so sweet and crispy. Love it. Really, really delightful. 
isn't that see that's a beautiful thing that's such a beautiful thing um and we've had this love of um apples for a long long time like i said we think they originated about four thousand years ago but recently archaeologists have found evidence that people have been eating apples since six thousand feet 500 bc so people have been eating apples for a very very long time um i love that the there's obviously an art an art to there's an art to growing apples and um, the science of growing apples is actually called pomology which I think is adorable, <laughs> pomology. <laughs> yeah. um, and, of course, like we, we know there's lots of different varieties of apples. There's actually more than 7,500 apple varieties in kidding? the world. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and about 100 of those are sold commercially, which is incredible. Um, the top producing countries in the world aren't what you might think. It's actually China, the United States, Turkey, Poland, and Italy. Mm. And um, most apples in the world are still picked by hand. So that's um, really fascinating mm. as well. Um, of course, what's interesting is that we, we tend to see apples, uh, you know, we have like seasonal fruit and veg. It tends to be that apples are kind of in our supermarkets all, all year round, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's thanks to the global market because, um, you know, the, the northern hemisphere t- typically considers early as July and as late as November apple season and then September and October are peak months. So we kind of get sort of, uh, you know, we get a good supply of them. Um, year round but it's quite amazing that it's not something that's super easy to just produce an apple tree um, they say that an average tree produces 840 pounds of fruit which is incredible but apple trees can take at least four to five years to start producing fruit and some may take as long as 10 years wow you know, so it's not it's not something that just happens overnight. So an apple orchard is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's you know a lot of a lot of um, time and patience has to go into to doing that, which I think is quite beautiful. Um, so yes, yeah, so of course uh, we we have a lot of uh, ways that we think about apples, um, but of course we always think about like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And there's a lot of apparently there's actually a lot of um, truth to that. You know, they're they are a really nutritious food. They're they're low in calories. They're um, they're sodium free, cholesterol free, and they're a very very good source of fiber. Um, you shouldn't peel an apple because the apple peel is the where most of the good, good stuff is. Yeah. Yep. I've always remembered that. I always do that with potatoes as well. I'm like, don't peel it. The good stuff's <laughs> in the peel. Um, but, um, um, but yes, yeah, so it's quite interesting. Um, but we do have a lot of phrases we use in, um, you know, about apples. And of course, like the phrase, somebody is the apple of your eye. Yes. Um, so I wanted to know where this came from, right? Because it's lovely to say someone's the apple of your eye. It's actually in Psalm 17, David uses it when talking to God. He says, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings. Um, and he's, he's, the, the the use of apple here is thought to be a poetic way to refer to the eye's pupil, which is also round. So it's not really saying, like, specifically, um, you know, keep me in the apple of your eye, like, make, make sure I'm always your favorite. It mm. wasn't really coined that way, but it's kind of taken that meaning on, which is quite remarkable, really, because I think it's a lovely thing to say to someone, you know, and, like, obviously Stevie Wonder singing, like, you are the apple of my eye is, like, a delight. Mm. Um of course, we have a lot of symbolism with apples. Apples have been long associated with fertility. Paris, uh, the, the, um, the Greek hero, had hoped his golden apple would win him Helen of Troy. Um, and apparently um, in colonial New England, so this is obviously a few centuries later, but an eligible young lady would try to peel an apple in a single unbroken strip, <laughs> toss the peel over her shoulder, and peer nervously to see what letter the peel oh, formed on the floor. And this was the initial of her future husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I'm going to try. Yeah, see if it works. See if it works. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very sorry for the world's saviors at this point in time. Um, but anyway, there used to also be a lot more apple varieties than we have now. So it might seem like when we go to a... Um, and I find this every time I go to the supermarket, I'm like, they're just apples. Why are there so many different kinds? Um, but we're actually a long way from what fruit historians, which is a job you can have, Sadia. You can be a fruit historian, which sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, they describe this as the golden age of pomology. Okay. So during the 19th century, there were about 14,000 distinct apple varieties across the United States. And today, only around 100 varieties are commercially grown in the States. So imagine that. 19th century, 14,000 types of apples. I can name about four. You've just said the golden age. I thought, well, golden delicious. <laughs> can, golden delicious, Probably yep. Pink Lady, you know, and the, the cooking. Well. Well. Getting <laughs> most of them at the moment. Um, well, I won't go on anymore, that's ten, it. The top ten varieties in the U.S. are Gala Apple, mm -hmm. Red Delicious, mm -hmm. Granny Smith, mm -hmm. Fuji, Golden mm -hmm. Delicious, Honeycrisp, Macintosh, Rome, Crips Pink, and Empire. I've mm. only heard about four of those. Mm. Um, um, and apparently, America's favorite apple used to be the crab apple. Yeah, um, but the little now ones. It's been overtaken, yes, but it's been overtaken by the gala apple. So there's obviously a trend. There's a trend mm. in apple consumption That's too, interesting. which is quite fascinating. Um, another thing that people use apples for is cider. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is that apparently um, in the United States between the 18th and 19th centuries, apples were more likely to end up in cider than in like a pie. People weren't eating them. They were drinking them. Mm -hmm. And in rural areas, cider took the place of not only wine and beer, but coffee, tea, juice, water. Everyone was just a bit wobbly. They <laughs> drank <laughs> apple cider all the time, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, also, another phrase is obviously the big apple. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. New York City's famous nickname. Now, this is interesting. This apparently wasn't inspired by the fruit. So, during the 19th century, the term Big Apple began to be used to describe something regarded as the most significant of its kind, an object of desire and ambition. Oh. This is according to the New York Public Library. So, the term's first known use in reference to New York appeared in 1909 when an author called Edward S. Martin wrote in The Wayfarer in New York that the Midwest, the Midwest America, inclines to think that the Big Apple, New York, gets a disproportionate share of the national sap. So mm. it was just referring to the city in that way, but it just took off. It's funny and now just, whenever yeah, anyone says yeah. the Big Apple, you know what they're talking about. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Um, I, of course, we, we always think about apples as being a really, really healthy thing. I remember having a teacher at school, and um, we said to her once, we said, you know, you remind us of Snow White. She had really <laughs> fair skin, and she had this very dark kind of raven, short kind of curled, bouncy hair. Yeah. And we, I think a friend of me said to her once on a school bus, we said, you remind us of Snow White. Has anyone ever told you you're like Snow White? And she said, it's very interesting you say that. I'm actually allergic to apples. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, oh, and of course, classic. you know, the poison apple from Snow yes, White. Now, yes. of course, apples aren't inherently poisonous themselves, if you may have an allergy to them. But apple seeds contain a compound called amygdalin that is a part of the fruit's defense system. So if you crush or chew apple seeds, the amygdalin can degrade into hydrogen cyanide, oh, which gosh. can be lethal in high doses. But don't panic, because it would take at least 160 apple seeds to put an adult's life at risk, which I don't think anyone would get to that point or you mm. hope they wouldn't anyway mm 
Of course, one of the things I remember doing in like food tech at school was like learning to put lemon juice on sliced apple so it wouldn't go brown. So it wouldn't go brown. Yeah, I remember those, that. Do you remember? One yes. Of those, one of those tips that actually I only employed again recently. Like it's one of the things I just forgot about for like over twenty years, and then it was just like, oh yeah, if I want the apple to stop going brown, I can put lemon juice on it. Um, but interestingly, the enzyme that causes apples to brown isn't all bad. That same enzyme also counteracts the pungent compounds in garlic. So technically, if you had a terrible case of garlic breath, you could eat an apple and it would kill it. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so that's a handy, that's a handy thing that's to know. It's good to have after the meal. <laughs> Absolutely. Just a few slices of apple. Mm. Yep. Um, eating apples can also help uh, brighten your teeth. Um, the acid in apples actually helps clean and brighten teeth. And the crunchy inside acts like a mini toothbrush that can scrub away stains. Ooh. So the, the act of crunching on an apple is actually very, very good for your teeth as well. Um, interestingly, in Latin, the same word is used for both apple and evil. So malum and apple and malum and, and evil are both written in the same way, although there was no direct mention of it in the book of Genesis. But this is why many people believe that the forbidden fruit was an apple. There's no real reason for us to think the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden was an apple, except for this Latin translation, which is very interesting. Um, of course, there's other things that we we know about apples. Um, they can also help ripen other fruit. Have you ever had this where you put... Um, you put apples with, like, I often put apples with avocados, being mm. like, hurry up, avocado. Oh, no, I've never, never done that, actually. Yes, oh, yes, so apples give us uh, ethylene gas that accelerates okay. ripening. So you can take that. unripe avocados, tomatoes, and other things in a bag with an apple to ripen them faster. And the, and the apple probably just wrinkles up then. It yes, eventually. Yes. Well, it probably, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sacrifice itself to the other fruit. Okay. Keep that in mind. I don't yeah, know why I've said that. Is, no, no, but it's true. It's true. It doesn't just, yeah, they, they do it all the time. But it's also something to be aware of because we always put apples and bananas together in a fruit bowl. But actually, it's not always the best idea because you yeah. might find that your apples actually overripen your bananas yeah. a bit too quickly. Um, you can actually slow the ripening process of your apples by keeping them in the fridge. So that's something to know yes. as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you store them in a fridge, um, you know, they look beautiful on a table in a lovely bowl. But if you store them in a fridge, lowest temperatures slow the ripening process. Um, and farmers can keep their fruit in plain old cold storage for a month or two. Um, but most apple varieties probably won't keep longer than that either. Um, but sometimes the apples that you are buying from the supermarket could be up to a year old. Oh. Um, which is totally safe, though. It's, um, farmers use a sophisticated technology called controlled atmosphere storage, which allows them to control the temperature and atmosphere where apples are stored, meaning they're delivered to you fresh and crisp. And while that might sound a bit disgusting, you have to realize we, like, we should appreciate that as modern technology helping our food supply chains because we have a whole lot of people and not a whole lot of people picking apples off trees with their hands every day. Mm. So um, it's quite remarkable that we're able to do that, which I think is really, really fascinating. Um, but yes, but I mean, coming back to this idea of like an apple a day being good for you, aside from the reasons I've already mentioned, um, research in 2008 suggested the role of flavonoids, which is, um, which said that they have a really, um, they can have a, the largest class of polyphenols. To describe that a little bit better, they said the role of these things on human health was inconclusive, largely because of a lack of evidence from ep epidemiological studies. However, a, a paper stated that low doses of flavonoid in the diet lowers the risk of heart disease and subsequent studies have found the main flavonoid in apples, 
onions and red wine mm-hmm. um, in, um, may help prevent chronic inflammation, which could lead to cardi- um, which you know inflammation could lead to cardiovascular disease and stuff like that. So the um, the flavonoids in an apple are very very good for you. Apples eaten raw with skin contain the vitamin C and E, um, which and also the compound beta carotene, which contributes to the colour of like an, a red apple, for example, which is also found in other citrus fruits like lemons and oranges. So that's great. So eating five or more apples a week was actually linked to better lung function, um, which is really interesting as well. Mm. And some research suggests that um, the flavonoid in apples can protect the lungs from atmospheric pollutants such as cigarette smoke by reducing the number of free radicals found in chemicals that can damage exposed inside tissue. And researchers in Australia have also found apple consumption may have a role in lowering the risk of asthma in young adults. Gosh, it's not the same anymore. I think we really need to do some sort of a campaign to get more people to eat apples. Seriously, my goodness. Yes, um, it's also been suggested that um, from memory, um, mice fed with concentrated apple juice performs better (laughs) when placed in a maze and their brains have less oxidative damage. So this is another thing, the antioxidants in that might have, um, might have actually been able to reduce the risk of degenerative conditions such as Alzheimer's. So like apples are a really, really good thing. They might seem, I remember being a teenager and my sister was like, I'm hungry, mum. And my mum said, okay, we'll eat an apple. Yeah. And my sister said, I don't want to eat an apple. They're so pedestrian. <laughs> And it was very funny and very dramatic and very teenager. But um, I I mean, like, I think that 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 the apple has this kind of pedestrian um, (laughs) reputation, you know what I mean? But actually, it is a pretty cost-effective, very um, incredibly healthy way to preserve your health. Now, I have a couple of Uh quotes to finish on. Yep. The first is from Henry David Thoreau, who I found out was a massive um, fan of the apple because I have three quotes from him. He said, surely the apple is the noblest of fruits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, fair mm-hmm. point. You wouldn't say that the pineapple was noble. Um, <laughs> he also said, um, it is remarkable how closely the history of the apple tree is connected with that of man, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. And it's true as well. Um, he also said, the flowers of the apple are perhaps the most beautiful of any trees. So copious and so delicious to both sight and scent. Oh, and flowers. as I read that, I could mm-hmm. feel it. And it was very uplifting. Mm. And the last quote is from Carl Sagan, who I adore. Um, and he said, um, which is a nice thing, a way of putting things into perspective. He said, if you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> you must first invent the universe. Yes, you must first invent All the right. universe. Okay. Nothing comes from nothing. That Everything has its place and oh. its story and its history. Wow. Well, I do like apple pie, I must admit. And I also like toffee. I remember as a child eating toffee, loving toffee apples. And the apple always tasted so nice with all the toffee around it, but I wouldn't dare have Mm. it now. So I remember making those at school and bringing them back home. And I thought that was healthy, but I don't think it wasn't that healthy, really. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Whole new world there, you know, Cruz. I'm going to go home and I'm going to go and have an apple now, seriously. Do you have apples at home right now? Yes, I do. I always have apples actually sitting there because they're just a good standby thing to have if you uh, are just hungry and you don't know. And it's just convenient, you know, pick it up and Mm. just have an apple. Brilliant. Thank you very much. (laughs) You've just changed my whole view on apples now, like you do every week on the subject that you talk about. So thanks ever so much, Cruz. We shall see you again next week then. All right. (laughs) Take care.